Financial independence seems impossible when you're trying to raise kids, but there are families doing it. Matt Miner shares his family's journey along with some key takeaways. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Last week on the podcast, we began the conversation of finding the right path towards financial independence or freedom for your family based on where you are and what goals that you are pursuing. And even though these paths may be a little different with the speed that you're pursuing them with, I think what we have to talk about is what they do have in common. When you're talking about financial freedom and independence, yes, you are tracking the numbers and you're trying to optimize your budget. But the real critical resource I think that this is really about is time. To me, the point of financial independence is to give you guys enough flexibility to pursue a memorable and meaningful life. And when you have kids, to me, it feels like things are taken up a notch. There are so many conversations to have about priorities and what you value, but you're also working with the specific needs of each of your kids. So what does that look like in the real world? How do you pursue financial independence while raising kids and enjoying the time you have with them? Today, Matt Miner is here not only to talk about finances as an advisor, but designing your life as a parent and as a family. In this episode, we're going to get into how Matt and his family paid off $225,000 of debt, along with how they invest now to reach financial independence. We'll discuss designing for more flexibility and options in your life, even before you hit your FI number. And then raising your kids where you give them what they need and enjoy without going overboard with spending or stressing yourselves out. Let's get started. And when you have family, especially when you're raising kids, there's a lot of conversations about priorities. And I think, you know, the money matters because, well, you know, your family matters more and designing your life does mean working with the finances to get it there. And that's kind of your specialty, which we'll kind of just jump in um, because I just thought your story was fascinating. You knocked out, what was it, uh, over $200,000 of debt, like two twenty-five. Yeah, two twenty-five. I guess we pretty well remember. <laughs> that's a significant amount. So I know student loans was a part of it. Was that all or is there other loans? Yeah. Well, and in fact, I guess I could, I could update that to say that we paid off the house in August. So that was, I, I reckon if you added two up, that's now over half million dollars repaid. And so that was, this the first place I've discussed that publicly, but, but that is August 13th. So that, um, wow. we're the, we're the debt killing commandos. Uh, the two twenty five. Yeah, just our real short story. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to business school uh, here in the Triangle at Duke University. It's a wonderful place to go to school. It's a great place to rack up student loan bills. And uh, we came out of school with a great education and, and good work and good income, but had that debt. And so then over the course of about three years, uh, with really being super conservative, uh, we did pay off 
that debt and then went on to sort of uh, save and invest. And we, I think we're going to talk about it later on uh, in the context of like Dave Ramsey as our on-ramp mm-hmm. to this. But we kind of went from that debt repayment to wealth building uh, stage and then kind of got introduced to the financial independence, personal finance online space. That happened for us probably in 2013, I first found Total Money Makeover. So yeah. our, our kind of like personal finance journey started in 2010, if that was kind of the enlightenment. And mm-hmm. then the more like hardcore FI crowd stuff came in in 2013. And then we've had a, a big transition in 2018 um, where we were able to transition careers to be more aligned with our goals from a time spent with family and kind of stress level standpoint. So I'm sure we'll get into all that, but that's, that's the yeah. brief background. Other than that, I'm married to a terrific lady named Charity and we have three children, Lucy, Josh, and Ben, who like me to give a shout out when I have the pleasure <laughs> of doing a podcast interview. So thanks, Elle. Nice. I appreciate it. And there is a lot to unpack um, because I think so many families like you start off with debt and they, they pay it off and they get this feeling and, and I think that's a perfect word, enlightenment about like, wait a minute, what we've been doing before isn't working. We're not happy. We're not getting the results we want. And then they discover, you know, whether it's financial freedom or independence, this new path. So I kind of want to start back there. In particular, you mentioned Dave Ramsey, very popular, especially with like getting out of debt and his book, Total Money Makeover. When I was reading this on your site, you were saying that it was a big book for you. What actually clicked when you were reading that? It was interesting. We had some some cousins who are also good friends and super successful entrepreneurs who are actually five years younger than me, but they slipped me that book on yeah. uh, visit. I'm like, you studied finance. I'd be curious what you think about this. It's kind of a classic. <laughs> I'm, interested, I'm interested in your yeah. opinion to get you to do what I think might be good for you. You know, I think what clicked just in reading that, you know, at, at first blush, I maybe found it simplistic and mm-hmm. kind of had that reaction that some people have of like, no, oh, this guy's talking to somebody other than me. But as I thought more about it, it was like, I didn't like where we were at as mm-hmm. a family and kind of the, the weight of the debt and just the debt overall sucks, you know, from the fact that we paid off the mortgage, like that's not even bad debt per se. It's just like, I don't want it around. Yeah. And the other thing that I think I, I, that I like about that book is just the sort of the the motivation that it sets out and a vision, even if it's not all that clear at various mm-hmm. points of the financial future. And so mm-hmm. when I get the chance to speak with people about money, which is pretty often, if it's sort of a motivation book about debt, like I just don't know mm-hmm. a better one than, than that. I, I think it's a good a good place to start. Yeah, I remember reading that and I kind of felt the same way where when I was describing it to other people, I'm like, okay, this sounds really simple. But like when I was reading it and hearing the stories and the dramatic results people were getting paying off the debt, it was motivating. And I thought it was very powerful because it's more than just the numbers. You probably, you know, notice that when you don't have that debt, it just feels different. You have more options. Before you got that book, what were your opinions about money? Like, how were you guys juggling everything? Yeah, so I always had an interest in money, probably going back to my childhood. I used to, 
back in the day have a paper route and I would sometimes uh, use the iron to iron the cash that I collected from my paper route when I was like 10. Oh. I've also never talked about that publicly either. So we're just coming out with all kinds <laughs> of stories here. Oh, goodies. But before the Total Money Maker, I would just say our money plan was to earn more money and then to kind of like let the compounding of my investments bail me out at age 65. And subsequent to reading Total Money Makeover book and then stumbling onto the five stuff, I really got intrigued by this idea of being able to radically accelerate that plan and then to disconnect it, it, at the very least kind of the day-to-day month-to-month week-to-week from how much salary you're bringing home at a given time so that was kind of the previous plan and that's the new plan okay so i have a question i was reading your site and i saw some references to mr money mustache and some of the yeah. links and everything was there any other people within the FI space, FI space that kind of spoke to you, you felt like this is my wheelhouse. This is my Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm eternally grateful to uh, Philip Taylor and and for the work that he does in providing a a forum for for that community. He has pivoted away from so much personal finance directly to serving the personal finance online community um, in a big way. But I think uh, beyond that, you know, Jim, Jim Wang does a great job. Uh, Brandon from The Mad Scientist mm-hmm. is, uh, has some really helpful content on his site. Actually, a really, my closest friend in this space who has a, a pretty neat thing going is, is uh, Joshua Sheets from Radical Personal Finance. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, had the pleasure to, to know him a little bit. And so those would be, I, I know there's others, but those are the yeah. ones that quickly come to mind. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then I know some people, because they'll see in the media, certain stories are repeated over and over again. But I think the financial independence space, I mean, it's its people that are trying to craft their own life. And so there's so many different paths and strategies. So with the two of you, how are you creating your, your path? What does it look like for your family? Yeah. So what we did was uh, post-business school had about nine years of corporate work and then have transitioned to something a, a lot more a lot more human scale uh, subsequent to that. And during that time, we moved fast uh, with the debt repayment and the savings mm-hmm. accumulation. We were blessed to be earning pretty good pay and to have had this sort of self-discovery yes. uh, before we'd had the chance to, to blow it all. And... Um, you know, I, for the last year and a half, what we've really been focused on is kind of enjoying uh, what we've built. So we've both lowered our savings rate and come off some money in order to do some things that we have particularly enjoyed mm-hmm. as a family. And, and actually, I mentioned Joshua Sheets a moment ago, but my, my first opportunity to sort of visit on a podcast like this was in 2016 with him. And in that interview, I said, you know, if I could work two thirds of the time for half the pay, I would do it. And I've like pretty well successfully executed that strategy. Uh, like dropped my work from probably 60 to 35 to 40, which is still full time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like just came back from four weeks away uh, this summer uh, and nice. am able to do things that never would have been possible from a, from a corporate job standpoint. So that's like the current path. Um, gotcha. So is it investing? I, well, I, 
I know it's investing oh. to some degree. Is it like index funds or real estate? What are you guys kind of dabbling with? Okay. So in my notes in preparing for this, I broke this up into our FI path, which I guess I just covered, and then the strategy I'm taking. So I'll be ooey gooey on the strategy for just a minute, and then I'll give yeah. the nuts and bolts. Okay. So we are not waiting. This is our overall strategy. We are not waiting to be financially independent in order to enjoy some of the benefits of financial independence. And so yes. especially for us, that takes the form of, of time with family and trying really hard to challenge myself, not to think, oh, I'll do that when we're FI, you know, instead to ask like, how can we do this thing we say is important to us right now? Or how can we hack this goal? Or how can we rent this goal? You know, or how can we achieve 80% of, of this goal? And, you know, I, I have no idea how this will resonate with your audience, but I'll just talk about what I'm familiar with. There's a there's a, an Eastern North Carolina hunt club that I have a friend who's a member of, and it's like $60,000 buy-in and wow. $2,000 a year in dues. Uh -huh. And like, that's more than I'm going to do right now. But mm -hmm. sometime I would like to be a part of that organization. But in the meanwhile, like I can go down there on their work days and help them. And I hunt there an awful lot, you know, and I can hunt yeah. on public land. And I have a, a little place in Sanford that's $600 a year, you know? So it's like, like, yeah, I want to do this other thing, but I don't need to wait until we've achieved our goals in order to do an awful lot of it. So that's just an example from our life. If the hunting thing's offensive, I'm sorry, hopefully not, but like hopefully you can, and your listeners can, can maybe see parallels to how they can. Yeah. I, I got the concept. My, um, my uncle is down. Um, it's past, it's past Fayetteville. Um, yep. He and he hunts. So I don't know. Maybe you're in the same area. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love what you're saying because I think also for some families, it is a turnoff when they look online like um, with the communities and they'll see people where they're so driven. And I understand like you, you want to reach that goal and you're excited and it's good mm -hmm. to be passionate, but they're yeah. almost, they traded one rat race for another, you know, where yeah. they're sacrificing this, especially when you have kids. You know, yes. so young, do you want to, you know, put in, so I see some doing overtime so they could yeah. save way more money yep. and it's a trade. So I love how you're doing that. You're finding ways to kind of hack the goals a little bit faster. So yeah. it's obviously like you guys are having some really deep and good conversations as, as a couple. How do you come up with your goals? How do you you know, as far as how we think about that as a couple, and I know that that's a big focus of your podcast, I was excited to see that you and your husband are able to do monthly money dates. Um, we also do money dates. We are not as diligent and regular as you are. Um, we, I would say, do between two and four a year, and we usually do them at lunch. And we will a lot of times plan that out in advance, of course, and we will combine both like uh, an extended calendar review with the the money stuff. Mm -hmm. At this point, um, we're kind of on the Paula Pant anti-budget program. Oh, she'd be another great uh, voice in this community yeah. where we just kind of have the savings rates on track. And then we just, we, we don't, we do not do monthly tracking of our budgeting. We just don't borrow money and we make sure that we're hitting the savings levels that we've set as goals. So that's how we manage the actual budget part. And then a lot of it for us as a family is in thinking about how we're going to allocate our time mm -hmm. or like how we're going to take the, the savings that we do have and then deploy them to support the, the goals 
that we've said are important to us. So that's how we handle that as a family. Yeah. So th- that's fantastic. And, and I love that you guys found the pace and a rhythm that works for you. So when it comes to like the nuts and bolts and with investing mm-hmm. um, and some of your, you know, other finances, do you take the lead? Are you both like on board? Uh, how does that kind of break down with you two? In, in our family, I'm the money nerd to use Dave Ramsey's phrase, uh, probably not surprising, but charity has always been the voice of thriftiness and conservativeness uh, with money in our family. And so she's a great counterweight to my pie in the sky dreaming. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, so I'm, I'm the spreadsheet guy, but charity brings huge value in terms of like asking, mm-hmm. our, is this really what we mean to do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what is your kind of nuts and bolts strategy with like investing in and building that nest egg? Yeah. So for, for us, you know, I, th- I think our goal overall for that would be to be in like 80, 20 index fund mix of stocks and bonds for about half of the portfolio. And then to have the other half in real estate uh, mm-hmm. for us, the way that looks right now is that half of that is our home. So we had a goal of thinking like, we're the best tenants that we're ever going to have. So we're going to stop paying our own mortgage before we start buying investment properties. But now that we have done that, then I think what we will do is we'll begin directing new savings or new long-term savings 50-50 between direct ownership of income producing real estate and that same 80-20 stock bond portfolio. So that's kind of the real simple investment mix that we see. You know, as far as how we think about priority of stuff, pretty aligned with Dave Ramsey on like, got to have the emergency fund in place. Yeah. And then from there would quickly go on to recommend health savings accounts. If that's, you know, appropriate or that's where we would focus next. Uh, then we would say the 401k uh, up, up to the match, uh, certainly. And then Roth IRAs, whether uh, done as a normal contribution or as a backdoor Roth, um, we're huge fans of, of all of those places to stash cash. Gotcha. So, I mean, you've done a fantastic job, um, like taking your goals and then breaking it down and seeing like, how can we move in that direction? So what would you say like, um, in your homeschooling, right? Yeah. I mean, another huge part of our strategy is definitely our children. So whenever you want to talk about that, we're all, I'm all for it because we're, we're, we're big on that part of the plan as well. Yeah, well, I, I do want to talk like, how do you balance that? How do you organize? Um, because there is a temptation, I would say, especially um, sometimes when you're earning high income, you get this pressure, like with the kids, okay, then you have to put them in the activities, and then you got to do these clubs, and yada, 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 and you almost feel like you're bombarded in like this peer pressure to spend, but look, you've hacked your other goals. I'd love to see, like, how are you hacking this? You know, spending the time with the kids and still, you know, homeschooling is not easy. I have a couple of friends that are doing it. It is, I mean, it's fulfilling, but it, it is work. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, hat, hats off particularly to Charity on this. She has definitely takes the lead from a homeschool standpoint. You know, as far as that juggling of activities and, and demands on, on money, I sometimes share with new parents, like kids cost as much as you want them to cost. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to be glib, but at, at the end of the day, if, if 
families uh, love one another and treat each other well and spend time together doing something other than watching TV and playing video games, like it's all probably going to be okay. Um, you know, I got a text from my boys the other day that they had, this is going to sound impossibly nerdy in homeschool, but they had like, they had, they had excavated clay mud in the backyard and baked bricks and made a kiln. And so it's like, they'll just find things to do. Um, we do some sports. So to be more practical, Mm -hmm. uh, we have generally limited it to one activity per season per child. And then we do things like community leagues or church leagues Mm -hmm. rather than uh, travel baseball or, you know, lacrosse, extremely expensive sports. Uh, We're not aiming for athletic scholarships. Our goal in athletics is, you know, community, fitness, enjoyment, and skill building. It's not, it's not to make them even necessarily competitive athletes, although we have one who is Mm -hmm. and two. So that's how that's worked out. I think you bring up a great point, which is like, what is the goal when you do these activities for the kids? And that's a very personal answer. But I think it's a great job of kind of stripping away a necessary pressure that we could put on ourselves as parents, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, you're not going to break your kids as long as you're being loving parents to them. hope you enjoyed this episode and that you see how important it is to sit down and discuss your priorities, especially when you have kids, to make sure that you're hitting your financial goals, but more importantly, your life goals as well. If you'd like to work with Matt, please visit him at PLC Wealth. Or if you want to find out more about his journey with his family, please go over to Design Independence. Don't worry, I'll have the resources we mentioned in the episode, plus some extras in the show notes over at Simplify and Enjoy. And if you're living in the Triangle area of North Carolina and you want to start aligning your finances with your dreams, you should definitely check out our fantastic sponsor, Coastal Credit Union. Not only do they have competitive rates with day-to-day accounts like checking and savings, they also have many other services, whether you're buying a home, if you're saving up for college, and they have their team that want to help you out with crafting a personalized financial plan that fits your family's specific needs. You can find out more at what they have to offer at bankbetter.org. Next week, we're going to be looking at the nuts and bolts. What does it take to build a budget that helps you become financially free while still enjoying today? So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on the episode. We're on iTunes and wherever you grab your podcast from. Our music today was from Lee Rosevere and Music for Makers. And thank you so much for your support. If you have any questions or ideas for the show, please email me. It's l at simplifyandenjoy.com. Or you can join our free and private Facebook group, Thriving Families. We're all about encouraging and helping one another out with our goals. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash FB. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.